Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. <laughs> this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitch, and organizer, rock and roll, PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, David Damien Figueroa. So Dana, today I have my friend. I swear to God, that guy has done it all. He is so talented. There's not one thing he doesn't set his mind to that he doesn't do. He's a true overachiever. Yeah, a true overachiever, entrepreneur, go-getter. And I swear to God, when I talk to him and I'm blue or down or whatever, I call him and he just like, ooh, lifts me right up. What a beautiful quality to have, to be good at what you do and have people find you comforting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, especially in this time of social media, right, which I feel is kind of a little bit of a, a mind fuck, if, excuse my... No, it, my French. No, but. It, it's a mind fuck. It's a complete yeah. mind fuck. Truly, you're kind of bombarded by highlight reels of people's lives and days, and people make their lives look so different than they are. And it's, yeah, it's it's I say reality versus social media. Even I'm guilty of it. I've been sick for what ten months. You'd never know on social media. I was been in and out of the hospital. I had surgery, but I don't like posting that shit on social media. It's so weird when people do post that stuff. It depends. It's so it's all tact, like how you do it. Yeah, I'm always scared. Like, I'm not looking for sympathy or, uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel kind of weird about like putting really personal stuff on social media. I think it's age wise, too. I'm not a millennial. I think like millennials just put it all out there sometimes. Not all millennials because you don't. I definitely don't. I'm not. I wouldn't even have social media. I think if it was up to me, I recently I have a timer on my phone of like, I'm probably going to make it 10 minutes. But right now it's 20 minutes a day I could spend on any social media at all. And then it locks me out which is oh it's so nice oh but that's it's great because great you don't even have to think about it yeah it's nice well my girlfriend just told me that the other day we were talking and she's like dude i can't stand like social media is like making me feel really weird she goes i feel like i'm not accomplishing or achieving enough she goes so i've kind of had to take myself off off social media and you know just kind of limit what I see. Um, I've got two people that when I do go on social media and I only have like my 20 minutes a day to even look, there are two people I check in with. Who are they? One is Heather McMahon, who if you are not following Heather McMahon, do yourself a favor and follow her. She is about to blow up be the most famous woman in the entire world. She's the funniest person I've ever followed. She's hysterical. Her whole life reads like a reality show. She's basically running a reality show from her Instagram stories because no one's given this woman a show yet. But please give this woman a show. She brightens my day every single day. Okay, I have to check her out. Please check her out. The other one is Chrissy Teigen. And <gasps> oh, I know. Chrissy I'm Teigen. I check in with Heather McMahon and Chrissy Teigen on social media. And honestly, that's all I need for the day. Okay, first of all, Chrissy Teigen, I'm obsessed with her. I hate to say that, but I am. She makes me freaking laugh. She's so funny. She's so real. And it's put out there, but not in an off-putting way. It just, it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, that's so witty. I, I wish I could post like that. You do, don't you find her posts like hilarious and real? Oh, so funny. So, so, so funny. She, she'll show this beautiful video of like her gorgeous little daughter running across this perfect backyard with these big open <laughs> doors and this incredible 
view of these mountains. Their home is so gorgeous. And then she'll like reverse the camera and she'll just be like eating topless with like Cheetos. And it's, <laughs> she's wonderful. I she's love so her. great. She just posted, uh, I guess, um, so her her bottom lip looked like it was about to explode. And I guess the altitude. So she just took a picture and she tweeted her Twitter like, I don't her Twitter is so good. So good. And it makes me laugh. I mean, I love I love social media for that. And and she is gorgeous, but she puts herself on there when she's gorgeous, when she had her baby weighed. She owns what she has. Everything about like who she is or at least what she presents to the world. Self-acceptance. But she's just not a likable woman. And she's, she's not trying to be likeable. perfect. No, not even a little bit. Like, she really leans into how not perfect she, she is. is. Yeah. <laughs> which which makes a, her perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I love her. And, I, and she's one of my favorite people to follow. Are you looking up one of her tweets I'm right on, now? I'm on her Twitter right now just because it's so charming and so funny. Like, uh, she tweeted three days ago, what's something you've never eaten but probably should have by now? Mine is still pastrami on rye. And also a bagel with lox slash smoked salmon. <laughs> I think I've had both of those. <laughs> a frog legs. What is something you haven't had yet? I've never had Indian food. <gasps> Ooh, I love Indian food. There's some good vegetarian options, too, for Indian food. Uh, I don't want anybody listening to this for a second to think that I'm a vegetarian the way that you just <laughs> worded that. I'm glad that it exists. Well, but I am, oh. I, you're I a meat some, eater. I'm a meat eater. I'm definitely a meat eater. I wasn't for a really long time and I'm back baby and it's great. Well, I have my vegetarian vegan days cuz like I don't think I could ever be a full vegan because I love cheese too much. Cheese cheese would be harder than meat to give up. Oh, hands down. I could, I could never although like man, a nice steak. For me it's a burger. I, like I could never have a burger again. That wouldn't even uh, cross my mind. Bur- oh man, like a big fat juicy burger. I miss that. I haven't eaten red meat in so long. I think about that. It's good that I have options now like but the impossible burger last time I had that. It's like people rave about that burger. I haven't yeah. had it. I think my work is about to get it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Beyond Burger is plant-based. Mm-hmm. Impossible Burger is man-made. So it's genetically done in a lab. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I don't... Like, also, just, if you're gonna... There's so... I think my, my biggest issue with, like, my friend Rose is vegan, one of the best cooks I've ever... And I'm a judgy, picky person eater. when it comes yeah. to, to people and food. Well, because you cook so damn good, Miss Chef. I do. Exactly. So I can, I can. I can be that judgy. So she's incredible, and the stuff that she makes is amazing and all plant-based and so good. But so many people who are vegan are just eating chemicals all day. Like the fake meat, the fake cheese, the all of that stuff. I'm like, there's no way that that's better for you or for the planet than a you know a more balanced diet. Well, I think everything is moderation. So how do you feel about? Because I was watching the news yesterday, and I'm like, this is is it really on the news? But we're coming into fall, and pumpkin spice. Like, what up? Spam has a pumpkin spice spam. Did you see that? No, but like that's right on my radar for the Shut kind of thing that I would find hyster. I would I would get it because it's hysterical. I love pumpkin spice. Do I don't, you? I don't think it's coming out soon enough. Yesterday I was at <laughs> I was at Marshalls and big shout out to Marshalls, uh, great greatest place on Your the planet. Your favorite store. My favorite store in the whole wide world. And they had all the Halloween stuff out, and I was like, it's about time. 
August is almost over. Okay, I love Halloween stuff, but and I love pumpkin spice. But then there's like everywhere you look, it's like pumpkin spice spam, pumpkin spice candle, pumpkin spice latte. So you either love it, obsessed with it, want it all year round. Is that you? That's me. I come alive in the fall. I love the fall. I, I don't, love the fall. Too. I'm not a summer girl. I'm really not. I don't like being hot. Oh, I wish it was fall forever. I love fall. I love fall too. I love fall. I, as a matter of fact, I got married in the fall and all my flowers were all those fall colors that are so rich and deep, like jewel tones. I love jewel tones. I think it gets fall and pumpkin spice get this this rep for, you know, it's like the the hallmark of like being basic. If that's wrong, I don't want to be right because I love I love it. I don't know if there's anything I love more than a fall Sunday off where right. like you cook something early in the morning, like let it cook all day. You go watch a movie wrapped in a blanket. Can't do that all summer. No. You don't have a blanket all summer. But are you like the Thanksgiving girl is that's my holiday kind of girl? Yes. I love Thanksgiving and I love it for uh, See? the food uh. I love. But I also I love that it's not a presents holiday and you can just tell your friends how much you love them. And like it's a holiday that truly just brings people together. It's not about anything else. Yeah. I love that part of it. I love, you know, having I always have friends giving, which are the friends that don't have family here. I definitely want them to come over and I, you know, pull out my china that I never bring out yeah. and do this beautiful table and rent tables and rent stuff, chairs and I have a shitload of people at my house and I love it. But to be honest, Thanksgiving food is like bleh, I don't like it. Oh, that might that might be a death row meal for me. Would be really? Thanksgiving sides. Like I will fuck with a green bean casserole. But I also <laughs> But I you're a chef. I'm sure it's like no, I'm so I make, sick of the Campbell's soup, mushroom. It's my favorite thing. Shut I love up. it. I love it. I love it so much. And could I make a better version? Absolutely. Do I want that version? No, I do not. Oh my god. If See? Campbell's soup wants to send us, I will truly like continue to make I've been making it that same way but also because I grew up Italian we didn't really have that very very American like my mother never made a green bean casserole as soon as I moved to LA I was like that first Thanksgiving I was like I will contribute a green bean casserole and I have for the last decade to my Friendsgiving oh my god okay so my green bean casserole I like from scratch like I have to like get like organic green beans wasting your time I don't want the Campbell's soup in there <laughs> and I, I make the kick-ass roasted garlic butternut squash soup ever. It is delish. You're looking at me like I'm going to vomit. I'm like, where are the marshmallows, Elizabeth? Where, <laughs> where is that slice of Americana that I look forward to all year? Where is a spiral ham covered in pineapple like oh, the Pilgrims intended? Yeah. I love that meal. It's my Oh, my favorite. God. It's so fun. I cannot even look at that spiral ham. The honey-baked ham? Are you? Oh Listen, my God. if this is my last episode, now everybody knows why. I'm very upset right now. <laughs> the, I think the white grizzle in the ham, like, I can't, like, the texture. Y'all not just, cooking it right. That's the problem. You know what I make on Thanksgiving? I used to make, like, the turkey, and then I would make a whole, like, pork leg, Cuban style, like, in the oven. See, that stuff's really cool. I love when people bring their culture into Thanksgiving. I grew up eating macaroni on Thanksgiving my whole life. Well, I can have macaroni and cheese any day of the year, any time. I don't care how you make it. I'm going to eat it. See, that's a big Thanksgiving staple. Is it? Is yeah. It mac and yeah, cheese? I don't know. Yeah. For me, it's rice and beans, do you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, like, yeah. I always have to incorporate the rice and beans. Like, that's not really Thanksgiving food. But it is. It is. Because that's what being American is, is you take kind of these, like, more traditional. Like, we had a course every year that was, like, a Thanksgiving course. Like, my mom would do, like, the sweet potato with the marshmallow and, like, breaded mushrooms and, like, more like that and, like, a turkey. But we also had just had a full dinner of, like, meatballs and macaroni and sausage and yeah. salad and all that. And that's, I think, the coolest part. Yeah, Thanksgiving's just about, like, eating and hanging out with your friends. Like, I love a good stuffing, though. Yeah, stuffing is great. What other day of the year do you eat stuffing? You eat stuffing Thanksgiving and then the That's three it. days after it. Yeah. yeah, I love a good stuffing, and I love a good, it can't be that canned jello cranberry stuff. That's the only one that matters. No, Are you crazy? Like, I like the fresh cranberries with ginger and you're too la this is too la of a thanksgiving <laughs> i'm like want, girl what's wrong with you i want 80 percent of thanksgiving dinner to have come from a can <laughs> you're so funny well that would make it easy i'll tell you what though when i make the pork leg it's like 25 pounds and then at the end i always buy tupperware so that everybody can take home and i swear to god if i make the pork leg they'll always go oh you know don't worry about the turkey but i'll take some of that pork no one likes turkey i don't know why we still do it. No one ever wants the turkey. Do you like turkey? No. I would yeah. do a thing. I would do away with it. Also, yeah. I mean, how many poor turkeys? No one's eating. Nobody's really looking forward to that part of the meal. No. I don't like tur- I don't like dark meat to the leg. Like, I know everybody wants the turkey leg. I just, I don't know. I'm more about the side dishes than yeah. I am about the turkey. Yeah. You know? I would definitely. It's a carb fest. Mm-hmm. I love a carb fest. And I then too. you pass out. And then the next day, you make the best stuff with leftovers. Oh, yeah. I, most of. My diet for like the week after is just like a paper plate that I, <laughs> whatever's just like a, left in like little quadrants microwaved, <laughs> and then a Hawaiian roll. Anybody else get sweet Hawaiian rolls on Thanksgiving? Those no, like but little... I get La Brea Bakery. Um, so LA, is it? Is it? But I love those honey roll. Uh, you know what? Uh, Cubans love that the Hawaiian honey roll, and then they take deviled ham. Do you know what deviled ham is? No, but I have a feeling I'm going to love it. Oh, it's so good. And cream cheese. So they take the cream cheese, put it with the deviled ham. They mix it together, and then they use they they do the Hawaiian bread, and then they put it's like a spread, and then it's a little mini like a little mini sandwich, and it's I'm sure that deviled ham is so bad for you, but it is so good. Oh yeah, yeah. And because of the season, you swing by Starbucks, you get yourself a pumpkin spice, and then you go Christmas shopping. Okay, but is pumpkin spice that big of a deal that we ha- it's on national news? Is yes. it? Lo- <laughs> You're look, looking at me like, what, are you crazy, lady? Yes. The, it's important. I it, wish you guys could see Dana's face right now. I'm upset. She is, like, really upset with me right now. Okay, here's here's why. She might There's, not be around for Thanksgiving. I'm starting to think it's serious. It, it This is It's. I look forward to it. I don't, sometimes, you know, like, life is hard. And <laughs> you look forward to something every year. Like, I, Chris... I look forward to that season. It represents, like, it's here. And also, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. I love the weather. You know, but fall, like, I think I, but I think we both can agree that fall is our favorite fall season. Fall is the favorite. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, have you ever had pumpkin spice popcorn? Ew. Pumpkin spice cheesecake? Yeah, that I like. Yeah. It's got but a But New home... York-style cheesecake. Yeah. It's different. It's ricotta. But you put pumpkin spice on, like, any of that, and it's amazing. Oh, 
yummy. All right, girl. Well, I think we better go get our entrepreneur slash public speaker activist friend, David Damien. I'm so excited and I can't wait to talk about his book. I want to find out if he also likes pumpkin spice. Oh, yes. (laughs) Today's guest is a friend, a filmmaker, speaker, activist, and now author. He has produced the critically acclaimed documentaries such as The Harvest and Food Chains, which was executive produced by Eva Longoria. In 2017, he was awarded the Dolores Huerta Award for Farm Worker Justice and continues to fight for this cause that is so near and dear to his heart. In 2018, he hosted and co-executive produced The David Damien Show. And now his book, A Reminder to My 23-Year-Old Self, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. And if that wasn't enough accomplishments, he now remains top 10 bestseller on Lulu and number one for 10 consecutive weeks. So please help me welcome my friend, author, speaker, activist, all of the above, David Damien Figueroa. I love this guy. I swear to God, when I'm down, I call him. He lifts me up. David, I love you. Thank you for doing the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I didn't know that about myself, that I lift you up. Oh, my. David, you know that <laughs> You know that when I'm in a crisis, I call you. You always have the best advice. You always send me love and light. And Absolutely. you are an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Know, I was, thank you. I was telling my um, co-host, Dana, that it's nice to have somebody like you who always looks at the bright side of things. And your story, and I was telling her, there's not one thing, not one thing that you've told me that you're going to do. And no matter what it takes, you do it. That is a quality that is amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, I love you, David. I love you, too. So for our (laughs) listeners that don't know you, (laughs) you grew up in Yuma, Arizona. Is that correct? I grew up in Yuma, Arizona. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you grew up and what brought you to L.A. Well, Yuma, Arizona is where Cesar Chavez was born and where he died. His brother, Richard Chavez, was also born in Yuma. He was a very, very dear friend of mine. You know, it was it was a conservative agricultural uh, little town. It's now a city. But, um, you know, it was, life was hard. It was a lot of work. You know, I lived with my father and my stepmother when I lived in Yuma. Um, and then he would send us go to go uh, stay with my my uh, my mother in Tucson, Arizona, and then she'd take us to go work in the fields. And so the agriculture fields, you know, over in Buckeye, so Arizona. So at a young age, you were working on the agriculture fields. From the age of 18, 8 to 18, I worked in the agriculture fields. Also, during the year, you know, I helped my mom clean houses. Um, we collected bottles and cans, yard work, and all kinds of other things like that, dishwashing. So yeah. everything. So would you say you grew up poor? You know, it was really weird because, you know, when I was with my mother, we grew up very, very, um, you know, we, we suffered food insecurity. We were homeless at times. There were, you know, sometimes domestic violence in the house. And then my mother, you know, um, I decided, you know, she gave me the choice. Do you want to go live with your father? And I said, yeah. My dad had, he had a new home, stable environment. My stepmother was, her family was very established in town in Yuma. And so I went to go live with them. So we had this like upper middle class life right. during the school year starting from the age of 11. And then after that, it was sort of like we'd go stay with my mother. <laughs> but, you know, I never I never felt like we were poor. I think my mother was more, like, adventurous. Right. And I liked that about her. She was spontaneous and, She's like know, a go-getter. She was a go-getter. Goes and, in there, needs to do whatever needs to be done. She got it done. Yeah, and she also suffered from, you know— um, 
it was undiagnosed, whatever it was. But sometimes, you know, my my aunts and uncles, they would just say, your mom is crazy. <laughs> oh, they say that about and me so all the time. I said, don't talk about my mom. Don't talk. I was like, I was like, you know, totally, you know, I was, I was her, uh, I was like her, her footman, you know, a little footman. And I, you couldn't say anything bad about her because I instantly, you know, when I was young, I had this um, automatic way of forgiving her. Because right. I knew that there was this good side of her. Right. And there was this, the, the part that made us suffer. Right. And there was this other part, the, the, the bad part that made us suffer. And then there was this good part of her that really allowed us to imagine a, a, another life, reimagine ourselves, and to think that all things were possible. And that um, it was not just for the people you saw in the magazines or on TV. That life was attainable for us as well. And I just was, that's very powerful when you're a little kid. Well, and, and that's inspiring because so many of us have grown up with adversity and use that as an excuse mm-hmm. to say stuck in either a habit or where you overcame and you just have achieved everything. And I'm sure that a lot of what your mother, los dichos, right, or yeah, saying, Mexican folk sayings. Right, um, is what rings and emanates in your head to continue to move forward. Let me give you an example. So when we would be in the fields, Buckeye, Arizona, you know, it was just a typical hot day, over 100 degrees, you know, we used to call it La Chinga, right? La Chinga. (laughs) How do you translate that in English? (laughs) It was like like, freaking hard work. Yeah, beyond hell. (laughs) Why am I here? Kids are like, my my kids I'm going to school with are in a problem in Hawaii. And how old were you when you were in the fields, would you say? You know, it was probably like about 9, 10 Wow. At that time, and I would say, "Mommy, it's hot. It's hot." You know, and she's like, "You know, say this over and over: Barbas de oro, barbas de oro, which is man of golden beard, man of golden beard." And she goes, "You know what? And the wind will start blowing. It'll make you cool." And so, lo and behold, I would say, "Barbas de oro, barbas de oro," and lo and behold, there would, would be feel- a dust devil. Oh, my that would God. appear, you know, and dust devils, you know, with my simple mind didn't know that they always appear out, you know, in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> there's Perception like this, is there's everything. There's like these little, tur- you know, tornadoes of dust, right? right? Very tiny. And then the wind would start blowing. She goes, you see that? You made that happen. <gasps> Go, oh, my God, I got goosebumps. I go, I did, huh? Oh She's like, God. yes, you made that happen. And so that stuck in my head. So basically, you know, if you wish or you will things towards you. You can manifest um, them. And the same as the opposite effect. If you will, I can't do this. I can't do that. Who am I? I you know, I'm not good enough. You can also manifest that as well. Right. So, which I've done some some of that in my life as well. But we all have, you know. But we need to do that and or do some of those things that make us insecure because those are the gifts and the mistakes that we make as a result of that. Everything, like they say, always happens for a reason. But I really, I think it's more than that. I think it's really about that we have to manifest the good and the bad because who we are now. For myself, I can speak that right now I'm a person who's a product of all those trials and tribulations. There's a lot of gratitude in all the mistakes and all of the you know, the hunger that we went through, the homelessness, the mistakes I made on my own. But I think through all of that, what really is, is the, I think that's really makes me feel abundant is that I, I forgave myself for the things that I did. Right. But I also forgave the people that, what what happened to me, you know what I'm saying? Yes, which and in I your can book, go, it's one of those quotes that you have about forgiveness is really... I think when you forgive, it almost you forgive yourself too. You forgive others. It, it's a release. Well, yeah, right? the forgiveness. The part of the, the, the 
part of forgiveness is withholding love. Right. And withholding love is not good for you, and it's not good for the person you're withholding because we're about love. Right. You know, they're about love. And so what we're doing is we're blocking love from happening. And, you know, when there's love, there's the transformation of forgiveness, right? Yes. So um, I know that's a little bit over the head for some people, but it's not, it but works for me, you know, well, and I think it works for other people as well. Exactly. Well, we're going to get into your book because I think your book speaks to a lot of people. And I want to talk a little bit still before we get into your book, all the things that you have done to bring awareness and civil rights. And I know Dolores Huerta is a huge civil rights activist and one of your best friends. You continue to fight for farm workers and, and it's incredible. You have this strength, this determination. And I think if you didn't have your past, you wouldn't maybe be doing the things that you're doing now. So you're right. Sometimes our trials and tribulations growing up is what makes us who we are now. And you're a huge voice in the community. Mm. And you have so much people that love you. Now, I want, what brought Some you to Some people might LA? say I'm a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 like, I like what you're saying. <laughs> Oh, there goes David Damien again. Oh, but that's okay. <laughs> you know? You know, because those are the people probably, too, that you've helped, you know? Mm. So what brought you to L.A.? How did you end up here? So my, I had this uncle. Um, he passed away, and he um, he said, you know, you, you need to leave Arizona. You need to come stay with me. California is where you need to be. Right. And so he put me up, and, you know, he gave me work, and he gave me a place to stay, and, you know, really, really made me feel good. And he was my he was my, my tío Nacho. He was named was your favorite uncle? Uncle? Yeah, absolutely. We all have one of those. Yeah, his name, Ignacio. And he basically said, he would teach me in a, in a way that was very different than, you know, uh, my father would actually teach me. Because my dad was a man of few words. My tío would be like, you're a Hernandez. My last name is Figueroa, but he's he's a Hernandez. He's after my mom's side. Right. He would say, you know, look at your tío Nacho. He is like, is tío Nacho knows how to talk to the people. Your tío Nacho, he's good looking. <laughs> <laughs> You're good looking. The Tio Nacho is smart. People like the Tio Nacho. You know that kind. Of... Oh, and I so love it. He would say, "You need to go to Hollywood because you know I used to sing, and you know, and I, and I went to. He goes, "You need to." There's this show called Star Search, uh, and they had the Spanish version of it as well. And he goes, "You need to go do that show." So there I go. My Tio Nacho takes a, a videotape of me singing. I take it to the Star Search Theater right over here on um, on Sunset Boulevard. Okay. And I just you know went up right to the gate. The guard opened it. Gave him your tape. I walked up to the security booth there in the 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 Star Search Theater. It used to be called Aquarius. And um, did you get on the show? She goes, well, I mean, yeah, I got on the show, but I, you know, she goes, you know, this is not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to mail your tape. And she goes, so let me just call Mon Monty, uh, whoever the I forget his last name, but he was the casting director. Comes down, and he goes, yes, I got all your postcards, I got all your <laughs> videos. How are you doing? You know, I'll give you a call. And he did. And oh, I went that's and amazing. And I went all the way to the grand finals, and, and then I lost. Because you sing, too, on top of everything, <laughs> the, the list of things. He sings, too, beautifully, I might add. Oh, thank you. So now let's talk about your book. David, I love your book. It's called A Reminder to My 23-Year-Old Self. And especially me, I, I talk about it all the time. I have ADD. So I love it because I actually got to read the book. Sometimes I have to get up, and it's almost like snippets, I would say. So you have a quote, and then there's a part to journal 
that quote. I think your book is amazing. And as we can see, it's it's number one right now. And tell us, I know that your mother inspired you. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Well, you know, I've always, you know, I love quotes. I love quotes in general. And that, that comes from, you know, my mother growing up as a child and listening to all of these Spanish quotes. And a lot of them didn't make sense to me, to tell you the truth. But right. the ones that did, you know, <laughs> that, really spoke to you. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I'll take it. You yeah. Know? But, you know, later in life, you think you, you, you know, because I really didn't speak Spanish at the time. You know, I was, wasn't bilingual. I knew all the cuss words. But, you know, it wasn't until I, you know, our mutual, your your friend or your brother-in-law, brother-in-law and my, yeah. where I represented him, Jose Jose, they told me I needed to speak Spanish. Anyway, so it was really the love of quotes comes from my mother. And then I would always take a quote and then I would always write about that quote, not repeat the quote. But what did I learn? Why did that quote really hit me? I think Oprah calls it an aha moment, right? Right. It really resonated with you. Yeah, there's one quote that I know for sure that just completely hit me over the head. It's by Marianne Williamson, who's just I love her. love, love, Love her. Yeah. She says, we're not held back by the love we did not receive in the past. We are held back by the love we are not giving in the present. Uh. So you take that in, it's like, okay, I said, wow. What that tells me is that I need to be 100% responsible for my experience in life. So whatever is happening, I'm responsible for it. Whatever is not happening, I'm responsible for it. Right. I can't, you know, I can't blame my daddy on it, my mom on it, my brother or my boss is basically, you know, I may be in a terrible situation or an experience, but it's all me. So whatever I create, I'm responsible for it. So the good and the bad. Right. So I think that when we, when we, when I looked at it from that perspective, you know, I just need to create good. I need to say, okay, this is a bad situation, but I think I need to think creatively. I need to really pray more or I need to do so that I don't feel like I'm doomed because we know we can't be prosperous right. if, if we're feeling doomed. We cannot be creative if we're feeling doomed. And if we're, feel, if we're feeling a certain way, we're responsible for that too. All of it is our responsibility. Absolutely. And be of service too. And I be think that this book is a way of uh, being of service. And how do you think your book is different from like, let's say other books that have been out there uh, inspirational because I find this book extremely not just about quotes but very inspirational and even self-reflective well my quote is my, my book is different because I think that I think it speaks to where we are right now as people right <laughs> as a society right we're in a sound by world yes okay so quotes fit perfectly in our sound by world in the social media world we really I'm, I'm speaking from an, the life I used to have here in L.A., which is like you have so much time on the freeway and traffic and you have to make calls at the same time. You have to multitask, constantly, constantly do all that. And, you know, we're all guilty of texting and driving. I don't do that anymore. But I just know that um, that my book is for people that are really busy. You know, it's my book, but it really becomes your book because it's it really um, you personalize it there's something called introspective journaling which you which you spoke a bit about and it's basically ask a question about what you just read and what does this mean to you and then you write about it so that really those words on those lines are your words so it's really your book it's really becomes your story which yes. is so it prompts you to really dig into it to the extent you want to or don't want to but I have a, a friend who read it who's very, very private. And he said, this is perfect for me because I really don't like to tell people what I'm feeling. Right. Because I just wasn't raised that way. So this helps me and it kind of categorizes and 
organizes all of those feelings I'm having. Well, and it's so convenient, too. You can take it on a plane if you're traveling. You can. It's just something you can keep in your purse, you know, or mm-hmm. you can keep in your backpack. Or, you know, I love that. What is your favorite quote from the book? Because I have three quotes oh, that yeah, I yeah. marked I that, I, that I loved that resonated with me. My favorite quote is something very, very simple. Okay. And it's, it's today is someday. <gasps> today is today someday. Today is someday. So my mom used to always say, one day we're going to go visit your cousins over in California. One day, you know, I'm going to go back to school. One day, I'm going to get my teeth fixed. One day, I'm going to, you know, lose weight. And so one day, uh, someday, never came. She passed away. And she passed away really, really young. It was very tragic. I mean, it, it really, you know, death, death destroys us or it makes us. And it destroyed me for a little bit. Today is someday is based on my mother because I think that, you know, I look at it, so, you know, I've done marathons. I've made movies. But you actually walk the walk. Today is some today is someday is really the way you live your life. That's the inspiration. I, I have my mother to thank for that. Because, yes. you know, as we say, you know, when someone dies, you know, it makes us or it breaks us. Right. And my mother's life was really an awakening for me. It was a gift. You know, everybody says, these. you know, there's a lot of cliches that life is, la vida es muy corto, right? Right. It's very short. I think it's many things, but it's not short. Life is not short. Well, life can be dragged out by misery. And life can also be dragged out by just the happiness that you're feeling because you're totally present. Right. And that you're doing the things that you were supposed to be doing. You're living out your purpose. And our purpose is really about, I, I feel, is to break the cycles of the past. Well, and what a beautiful way to honor your mom, not only by los dichos in your book, mm-hmm. you know, but also the way you live. So I'm going to tell you my three favorite okay. quotes. And then I'm going to bring... I just like, let me just say, you know, I was, I was, you know, my husband was saying, you know, I want to read, read me so You know, I read to my husband at night. Right. You know, I read all kinds. Oh, how sweet. And he's like, oh, I said, what do you want to hear? <laughs> I love it. I said, just one chapter, just one chapter, you know, because it helps me. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, I love this. I love this. I used to read my son every night. Uh-huh. And uh, Mike Mike will read some, you know, if he hears some news or something, he'll read it to me. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the news. Don't tell it, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not reading, so, I'm not reading to him like, you know, People Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> You're going I'm reading deep. some like Eckhart Tolle, like, you know. <laughs> We are not, you know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, it's so Yeah, we, we will continue to bleed until, you know, <laughs> until we like, heal the wounds from the past and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man. I could just say Jimmy, too. Like, yeah, okay, like, David. It's been a long day. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. get through it. <laughs> Read faster. <laughs> well, I love this one. Made me laugh. Uh-huh. Okay, which I love your book because some of it is really profound. Some of it made me laugh, but it, it still it hit me. And it says, my age is none of my business, and it shouldn't be any of yours either. Absolutely. I love that quote. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm in my 58th year of life. You know, April, I'll be 58, which means that, you know, for me, it's like, okay, four years, and then I'll be, I can maybe pick up Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> I can stop working. Oh, my God. No, um, you know, my age is none of my business because I think that you, you can know, get stuck in. Oh, I'm this old. I don't want to do this. I'm too old to do that or too young to do that. It can well, that's go what it way. means for you. That's what yeah. it means for you. That's great. That's right. What it means for me is that, you know, when you start to be my age, OK, 
you know, I do five miles every morning, you know, walking, you know, you know, like really fast. And I have, you know, my Oprah Winfrey podcast on. <laughs> Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, and I, I do the rosary that time, you know, you know, walking. Um, and then the next, you know, when I when I uh, get when I finish, I feel it. I really, really feel it. Well, that's so amazing, if David. I constantly say, well, God, I should feel this way because I'm 58. But if I tell myself my age is none of my business, then it's like, OK, you just keep moving forward. I love it. That's See? what it means to me. But that's what the, the beauty of this book is that means whatever resonates with you. Absolutely. Because I hate when people ask my age. So when I read that, I was like, well, none of your well, business. Well, you know what? I, I, I really feel that, you know, part of your age is honoring who you are. Right. And some people say, well, that's easier if you look younger. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I love it. But I, you know, that's, anyway, go ahead. Well, no, 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 I love it's it. your show. But, but this is, no, but this is what I love about this book. You know, I'm going to read one more because I, I want because you I to talk plug, too much. No, because I want you to plug your social media after and we're oh, going to play you. a game with Dana. Okay. So I love this one. Feelings of fear, anger, and resentment are opposite of peace, love, and joy. Be careful which ones you choose. One will prevent you from feeling the other. That's very profound. And then, you know, journaling. Like, I want you to sign my book today, and I would recommend that anybody, anybody, this this book is for any age, male, female, get this book because it's just fun, too, because sometimes unless you write it down, you don't realize how you feel, mm -hmm. you know? And so seeing it in front of you, and it's one page. It's one little page. So, like I said, I have ADD, so for me to read stuff, I have to read it over and over to absorb it. This, I got through it, and I absolutely oh, loved it, and it plan. inspires me. And you inspire me, David. Uh -huh. And before we bring Dana in, please plug all your social media and where we can get your book. Okay, I'm, um, I created, um, what do you call it, Twitter handle? Yes. Okay, it's at Reminder23, number 23YOS, Reminder23YOS. Okay. And that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. Well, will you play a little game with us? Sure. Okay, Dana, come on down. Okay, so uh, first thing, uh, David, I just want to say how much I connect to, uh, I lost my mom a few years ago, and it's so funny um, how those little things that they used to say all the time that annoyed you so much become the lifeblood of the way you try and live your life as a person. Yeah. Like, I, I have on, like, a loop a lot of the, my mom was very big into the Henry Ford, the whether you think you can or you think you right, can't, you're right. Right, right, right. And, and it's it's one of, it's, that's my Dicho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the our parents, our parents' voices, once they passed away, are the loudest voices we hear. That's for everybody. Yeah. It's like, yeah. don't do this. Don't do that. I agree. You know? She was a loud voice when she was alive, and now... <laughs> Oh my God! She was so an loud. Italian Jersey woman, right? It Italian from Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn! She, she, there, you go. there was no way she was not going to be loud wow. here or there. But speaking of DJ, so we usually play a game on this show called Two Tweets and a Lie. But I went through your Twitter. Everybody should follow David. It's got a ton of stuff about his book and his career, and really almost anything that you could possibly be interested in. I think David has, has a hand in. So yes. definitely follow. Yeah. Um, I'm left unsupervised. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So what I decided to do for this one is we're going to do uh, two Dichos and a lie. Oh, okay. So what the way that this is going to work is I looked up uh, words to live by on Pinterest. 
And I'm going to read three popular Pinterest shows. Okay. But the catch is that only two of them are real and one is a ridiculous sentence that I made up. Okay. Okay. And uh, I don't see these. So okay. I'm playing yeah, you along with you. and Elizabeth play as well. Yes. So uh, answer as fast as you can. First choice is the best choice. Go Whichever with your one feels, feels false is probably correct. Yes. So round one. First quote is, your life is as good as your mindset. The second quote is, we cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. The third is, time and failure are the only teachers we will ever need. Which is the fake DJ? The first one. First one? All right, Elizabeth? Uh, yeah, I think the first one, too. Uh, that is a real uh, oh, quote yeah. all over Pinterest. You created, oh. the, you created the last one. I did create the last one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Thank that's you. Good. <laughs> Dana's good. Like, Dana's good. I'm very tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, you both guessed incorrectly for that one, so okay. zero, zero on the board. Okay. Round two. Okay. First quote, not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear your path. Second, if it costs more than your sanity, it is much too expensive. Third, no one ever made a difference being like somebody else. Which is the fake quote? Third. Uh, third. Third. Incorrect. That is real, and it has been copied in thousands of fonts. Shut up. Uh, Which one did you make up? The first uh, one. The second one is the one uh, that I made up. What, what is, Girl, you're good. Do the second one. What is the second one again? Uh, if it costs more than your sanity, it is much too expensive. You're, she's good. But she's it's good. true. It's not that these aren't true things. They just aren't these. Uh, Pinterest has very popular. These are the most popular ones that That's are on Pinterest. That's a good Pinterest. one, Dana. Thank you. I feel like a wise, wise sage right now. <laughs> All right. Round three. Make your comfort zone a no-parking zone. Two, you're always one decision away from a totally different life. Three, keep going. You didn't come this far to come this far. I say number three. Number three? I say number one. Number one is the false one. That is the one that I made up. <gasps> David I think won. David won. did win. He, he came out with uh, one. one at the end. <laughs> I didn't get any right. <laughs> one. <laughs> what do I win? Oh, my God. Our love and support. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be on my show. That's yeah. what <laughs> Uh, uh, well, thank you so much. You were oh, a great you, sport, and you got to win, which normally our guest doesn't. Yes, really? I know. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. So, <laughs> um, one more thing before we have to wrap up: you have to come back. Um, oh, there's appreciate there's always not enough time with our guests. But the last question I ask every guest that comes: if you were left unsupervised and nobody can hear or see you, what would you do? If I was left unsupervised, nobody could. No filter. Just go. First thing that popped into your head. You can't say it. You stumped me. He's like, I don't know. I probably would go on stage singing and be nude. Yes. I love it. Everybody wants to get nude. Or do my morning walk in the nude. That's it. That's a good one. Everybody wants to get nude, I think, when nobody can see or hear them. Of course, where I live, it would be like, oh my God, that's a sexy person. You're so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, David, thank you again thank for coming you. in. You're amazing. And keep inspiring and keep doing all the things that you do. You're such an amazing person, an activist. You, you just give back to your community and to the community always. You're such a giving person. I love you, and I would love to have you back. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And don't it. forget to sign my book. And congratulations on your show. Oh, my thank goodness. you. Thank yeah. you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And David, real quick before you go, just a yes or no. How great is pumpkin spice? Pumpkin spice? How do you feel about pumpkin spice? It's coming in the fall. Pumpkin spice coffee, pumpkin spice candles. No. <laughs> 
You know, if you didn't come back, it would be all right. <laughs> with pumpkin empanadas, yeah. But. yeah. Hey, we got to talk to Portos about that. Or oh. David. David's a fabulous cook. Yes, please. Well, I'll thank you those. so much, David. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you. Same here, Dina. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.